I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Kanka. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at hecklerkane.com and everywhere on social media. To the bumper. This week's Imperfect Podcast, we are talking to Josh Zeman and Rachel Mills of The Killing Season on A&E. And we're from Long Island, and if you're not familiar, there's been a whole lot of serial killers here on Long Island, Yeah, which is kind of scary. <laughs> I, honestly, looking at the series and going, oh my God, this they're doing this investigative report on the killers and the serial killers on Long Island. It, this is in our backyard. A lot of these bodies were dumped within, you know, 20 minutes of us. Yep. You have claimed as the Gilgo Beach murders. Yeah. Um, the killer who is still at large is known as Lisk, the Long Island the, the Long Island serial killer. Um, the eight-part documentary is airing on A&E now. Only uh, three episodes have aired so far. And um, Josh Zeman, though, he's been around shooting um, documentaries for a while. He's known for the film Cropsey, um, which was a critic's pick by the Wall Street Journal. But riding on that success, he created Killer Legends for NBC Universal, which was an anthology series and was the number one downloaded documentary and horror film on iTunes back in 2014. And it has become one of the most watched uh, true con- true crime dramas on, uh, I'm sorry, documentaries on Netflix and Hulu. Um, Rachel Mills, she's also going to be joining us. She began her career in filmmaking on the much louder Edit Center in New York City. And uh, they'll both be joining us in a few to talk about uh, the influx of serial killers that we don't know are out there and apparently still abound on Long Island. So stick around. Josh, Rachel, thanks for joining us today on the Imperfect Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Welcome. We know it's late on a Friday night for you guys. You've been running around to meetings all day like chickens without a head and driving from in and out of the city and uh, tracking serial killers down. So um, <laughs> we uh, we wanted to bring you on. We, we saw the killing season, and we're also from Long Island. Uh, so we uh, had some camaraderie there and wanted to kind of really find out more about you guys and so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and and how you've come to make this show, The Killing Season? Right. So the killing just and just to clear it up, The Killing Season is on uh, eighty. Yep. It's on Fridays. Uh, sorry, it's on Saturdays, nine p.m. So uh, basically, I did a documentary previously called Cropsy, which was uh, true crime, um, also about some serial murders that took place. Uh, in Staten Island, New York, where I grew up. Um, originally, I was from, actually, I was born in Seacliff over in Glen Cove, but then I moved to Staten Island. And, um, you know, that was kind of in the kind of horror documentary realm. Uh, that was a creepy story about an urban legend came true in uh, while growing up in Staten Island. From that, everybody was like, oh, you should do another serial killer doc. Um, and uh, Cropsy was tough. Uh, the subject matter was really tough. It took a long time, like 10 years. And so I didn't really want to do anything about serial murder for quite some time. But uh, then this case came around, and it was really interesting. Uh, there were so many bodies, uh, and it was about sex workers, which to me kind of just harkened back to Jack the Ripper. Um, but more than anything, you know, Cropsy was an attempt to show um, people uh, – that true life could be a lot more horrific than fiction. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think this was an opportunity to show people what a real serial killer case looks like. Yeah, it doesn't get solved in a half an hour. Uh, it's not so simple. Um, it's really complicated. It's messy. It's difficult. Uh, it's not so sexy. It's tragic. Uh, it's more like The Wire than it is anything that you see. And so I started interviewing um, a woman named Super, who you see on the show, a sex worker, mm-hmm. driving her up and down um, Long Island Expressway, taking her to all these dates. And that was really interesting, <laughs> like to me. Uh, you know, I was always thought of sub- Long Island as suburbia. You know, I mean, I knew Rifkin and Shulman were two serial killers from the 90s who had grown up not too far away from each other in Levittown. Mm-hmm. But um, I just didn't know that there was this crazy underbelly. And so I got, I kind of pulled Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. hi, Rachel. <laughs> How did you get involved? How do you and Josh know each other? How did you guys get involved making films together? Yeah, so I guess it was like three or four years ago when um, I met Josh. He was telling me about this series called Killer Legends. Which yeah, is, it's a um, different one. Different, different series uh, about er- the, the the intersection between um, true crime and urban legends, um, which people can see on Hulu and, and, and um, Netflix. So we were working on that for about a year. I came on as a researcher and then ended up being on camera and um, talking to victims' families and doing the research. And on the weekends um, during production, he would tell me about going how he was going out to Long Island, interviewing people like Super, um, interviewing um, Bob Coker, who like literally wrote the book on the Long Island serial killer case. Lost Girls. Lost Girls. Exactly. Amazing book. Yeah, okay. great. So cool. and he's like now a champion of, of this series, which is really great to have that support. So um, Josh had been doing that for like I don't know, six months. And then I started seeing footage from it. And then we started filming together and created a sizzle and chopped it around. Um, thinking that, you know, this is going to be a future documentary um, just about the Long Island serial killer case, which it could have been. The whole series actually could have been about the Lisk case. Yeah, but there's so the, much there. Yeah, the more and more we went down the, um, the rabbit hole, um, for lack of a better phrase, we discovered that these kinds of crimes, these unsolved crimes against sex workers, it's not just happening in Long Island. It's happening all across the country. There's a slew of carnage going on across the country. And, you know, these, these women are not, not to, to blame the victim, but through circumstance, they are becoming the perfect victim for these serial killers who know to prey upon them because they're no longer going after runaways and no longer going after sorority girls or hitchhikers. They're going after the victims they know they can get away with, the people who are actually evading law enforcement themselves which is the population of um, the industry of sex work. One of the questions I would have is how do you think uh, – obviously this is, this is not something that's new, right? Serial killers and crime against sex workers is, is not a new thing, right? But, oh. but at the same time, how do you feel the internet and Craig's, sites like Craigslist and Backpage, how have they played into it, especially from the anonymity standpoint, right? I mean it used to be – whorehouses and pimps and right and now you have this underbelly right of independence that now exists and everybody they can be anonymous and the 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 john 
can be more anonymous, right? Because it doesn't have to step in somewhere. So how has that kind of changed the focus? I mean, is this why these guys are getting away with their shit? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, I, well, the first thing I start thinking about is that somehow it feels that being able to put yourself online essentially feels somehow safer. But I think that's a false sense of security. It feels safer because we live in this world of um, shopping on Amazon and going to Yelp. And there's this somehow this um, verifiable aspect of, of communicating online. But being a working girl on the street and having a John come up in their car and leaning in and like looking eye to eye, that is actually a great way to filter out people. You know, there's, there's something about looking someone in the eye and feeling this person doesn't feel right. I'm not getting in the car. I'm going to walk away. But when you're, when you are on the internet and the Johns are texting you and you're making a date while being driven around by your driver and saying, okay, exit 63 off the LIE, right? Mm -hmm. You've already kind of secured that, that, that date. You're already like walking into the hotel. You're already walking to the Ramada Inn, knocking on a door and it's, it's done and you haven't had no verbal communication. Maybe you definitely haven't looked me in the eye. Right. So, you know, the whole thing is just like when you lean in the car, you see like the guy, like mm -hmm. is, is, is he, is, is he like hygiene? Is there a car seat? Yeah. Right. Is there like, yeah. like a baby seat in the back? If there's a baby seat in the back, he's, you know, he's a dad. I'm fine. Just hop in, you know? But like, you know, does this guy look like, is the car clean? Like, this is all these things, these sex workers kind of like have the mental checklist, right? But when you're on the internet, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yo, meet me here. And then when the girl knocks on the door of the hotel and like the door opens, like she steps through the door, the door closes, and then she gets to look at the guy. Well, yeah. but the do you think this is a condition of, of the area that it's in, that you're not in this uh, urban area, you're in a suburban area where you have a lot more distance to go between. You you, you, you don't have those corners like you do in, in New York City. Or Queens or the Bronx. Or Queens or the Bronx. Is you that don't even have those corners really anymore. Like, like it's all being done online. Like, yes, you do still have corners. Like, you go in East New York, you go in a couple places, but like, that's the whole thing. So that was one of the big things for us is like, wow, the world's oldest profession is changing. Like, mm -hmm. that's nuts, you know? And so, but the other thing you have, which is crazy, is you have a lot of girls who wouldn't mm -hmm. ever walk the streets. You know, they're like, they don't have the gumption to walk the streets. Mm -hmm. Go and take a selfie and go to the Holiday Inn up the street, you know? And so, and like. It's the know, same they, with girls that would never be a stripper, but they'll be a webcam model. Right. Exactly. Very right. similar, right? There's no shame really involved anymore. However, it, it you know then you get a lot of, you you get a, what it, what's called the bigger victim pool, mm -hmm. you know. And these girls, you know, yeah, you work on the street, you know, you learn pretty quick how to take care of yourself, you know. But if you're just going to the Holiday Inn, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, Massapequa, you're not really learning how to take care of yourself, and you don't know how to learn, you know, if you got a, a John who's like, you know, gonna freak out. So. You got a lot of girls who, who, who are kind of just jumping in the biz, you know what I'm saying? So that's one. You got a victim pool. And like Coker says, um, you know, it's like now guys can go like shopping on the internet for the perfect victim. Like, oh, I want petite. Mm -hmm. I want this. I want that. Mm -hmm. Is that and part of the algorithm that he ran? Is that 
Uh, that's different. So that was Bob Cooper who wrote Lost Girls, and then there's Peter, Peter, who's writing algorithms to see if like girls weren't appearing. But like, it's crazy. And, and even now, it's like, you know, when we do AMAs or web, people are like, well, they could track the IP address, and it's like, you, you don't get it. Like, there, there's the girls are posting on Backpage, but they're posting their telephone numbers, and you call the telephone number with a burner phone. They have a burner phone. Like, no, nobody's getting tracked. You know, right. yeah. also like going on to these websites from all these hotels as well. Oh, right. We we were actually filming in the Hapog Holiday Inn. Yep. In Long Island. I'm sure, like, I'm sure the Holiday Inn is thrilled about that. By the way, I got it. But like, well, that's where one of these girls disappeared from. Yeah. You know, so like, we wanted to go, and it's like actually you see it. It's where it's where Kim, yeah. the sister. Um, who was an addict at that point, you know, is like, she's like, oh, yeah, like, I can just put my number in and, like, I'll get, like, 50 guys, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes, started calling me. But we went into a Holiday Inn and tried to pull up Backpage mm-hmm. from the computer, and the Holiday Inn's IPs, you know, internet system has blocked um, Craigslist and Backpage. and Backpage and all those places. So it's it, it's just interesting. Well, <laughs> let me ask you, with your investigations and everything, how do you how do you come across like getting in touch with these um, the these victims and, victims and the fa- the victim the families of the victims? It's it's through a lot of hard work. It's through a lot of being honest with these people. It's a lot of trust. It's a lot of um, continuing to call them, um, show them, showing them our previous work well, as well. And, you know, it's it's the not being a 24-hour news cycle. That's I think that's a lot of it. It's a lot of and it. And I think that um, it's telling them, you know, this is not a fly-by-night thing. I'm, I, You know, we, we've been working on this for three years. And that's got to be personally draining on you both as well, I would I'd imagine, oh, as filmmakers. A lot, of, a lot of these families, they go through the mill. You know, yeah. like they go on Geraldo yeah, or I don't even know if Geraldo's fucking on. Is, is Geraldo, Geraldo still reporting? Yeah, he is. I think my parents watch Geraldo or something. I don't know. All right. Go <laughs> on Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Donahue. They're on Donahue. Donahue. All of them. <laughs> no, but like but seriously, like a lot of these like, you know, it's like it's like perfect. Like you can see how – what's her name? Nancy Grace would just yeah. pick up all these women and it would be like, oh my god, you must be so upset. You know, your daughter's a sex worker, you know. And these these families like go through the mill, yeah. You know, and they just go on all the shows. They're only trying to like find out what what happened to their you know daughter, sister, whatever. They're fairly dysfunctional, you know, whatever. Like the whole the whole thing's a shit show. And and you know these families are just they go through the mill and, and the, the TV pundits they just eat them up and spit them out. Yeah. And they, and they think they're gonna get some kind of like closure yeah. from it, and they don't. You know, it's just like, oh, that was unsatisfied. Like, I didn't get anything. So well, we got to go in. We got to be like, okay, we're not this. All right. We are. We really do want to help. And they're like, uh, I don't know. Like, that's what the last producer said. We're like, we're not just the producers. We're also the director. We're also on camera. Here's our pre. Like, mm-hmm. you got to handhold them through the whole thing, you know? And it's, they're like, and you can understand why. What do you think about the internet playing a part in it in terms of Craigslist and Backpage? I mean, do you think the government should interject and shut these sh- sites down? So, so if you if you guys know about a month ago, the guy who um, runs Backpage was arrested for I believe it was um, child child trafficking, child trafficking right? 
um, out of California. But he wasn't really trafficking. It's because the yeah, site. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is that you know, sure, these these sites are complicit, and you know, Craigslist, Backpage, but. You know, if we if if they're taken down, someone else is just going to pop up. Right. That's the thing. Well, they need to be properly regulated. You know, the question is, is like how much regul they need to be regulated, right? But if it's overregulated, it becomes too difficult. Then people are just going to move to a different site. I mean, you know, you have a lot of like chemically dependent, aka heroin addicts, who are trying to like you know post up on Craigslist. If it becomes too difficult. <laughs> They're gonna go to some place that's just gonna make it easier. Yeah. You know, speed regulation. It can't be too regulated. But like a lot of the super, a lot of the girls that we've spoken to were like, "Yeah, I don't need a pimp." Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. At the same time, other girls we've spoken to, you know, they just again they like, and it's good for those women who like need to make a buck to pay their rent. You know, mm -hmm. because they can jump in and out. Um, but it's bad for like um, we were in Virginia, right? And this whole town in Virginia, West Virginia. West Virginia, is on opiate addiction. This whole town, the whole town's like a zombie town, mm -hmm. you know, in West Virginia. Well, Staten Island is Staten Island is that now too, right? You know, so so what are these people doing? They want to get high. They're like, you know, hey, I'm going to sell myself, you know. And so, and that's not a judgment call. I'm just saying, like, that's what that's yeah, what they it's do. Reality. So, like, the first thing they do is, like, you know, I'm not going to walk down on the street. I'm going to go on Craigslist. So it becomes an easy facilitator if, like, you really want to get money quick, you know. So what do you do about that? I, you know, it's so so difficult, so hard. Yeah. Well, and that was an interesting thing. You drove you drove Super around. Was that for one night? I mean, how many how many calls did she have in a night? I mean, I thought that was crazy that you guys drove her around to begin with, but and then she, you know, then her phone didn't charge and you couldn't get in touch with her. It was like, you know, <laughs> um, you know, all that stuff, but I, I mean, how many calls did she get in a night? Yeah, that's the thing is that I I think a lot of these women um have these ideas of how they were they will conduct their business. Right. But then, as as we probably all would, you know, something goes, you know, someone wants to take a little bit longer, and you're not going to text your friend in the middle because you're supposed to tell them if you're okay in 30 minutes or not. Yeah, it's like, you know. it's, they're like, oh, no, we have rules. Yeah. You know, and then it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, smoke joint, and then you forgot about the rules. So, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, so, but, like, they need these rules. I mean, that was one of the things. That was, like, it was just so interesting. It was, like... Back in the day, it was like the pimp and the girl and the John, and now it's like all like you get a car, you got a driver. He's not really a pimp, yeah. but he's kind of a pimp. Mm -hmm. You know, I control the girls control their own money. But like, what if you're like a, a girl like operating where there's an active serial killer? Like every door you're gonna open at is gonna be the guy. You know, could be the guy. It's just crazy. Well, like we said, we're from Long Island. We grew up on Long Island, all three of us, and we we just it's 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 opened my eyes looking at the series. Going, wow, like this is in our backyard. Like we didn't, you know. I I had heard about the Gilgo Beach um, killings, and and you know, it's it's here. I think it's naivete, right? I mean, I think a lot of people want to close a blind eye to it because they don't want to know. They don't want to know what's going on in the backyard. I mean, this is not what News Twelve is broadcasting. You know, uh, uh, in the day, you know, they're not talking about this stuff. No. Um, yeah. You know, plus 
we don't have <coughs> as much as we pay in taxes, right? We live in Nassau County, the highest taxes in the entire country, but yep. we do not have the amount of people we need to support and you know bring these people to justice and do the correct job of policing and all that type of stuff just like um i think you guys had the uh the guy from the fbi on the profiler right eight profilers for the entire u.s like there's just not enough people it's like we watch criminal minds right and it's like there's eight profilers on a plane that are flying all around you think there's like teams of these people everywhere right it's like no (laughs) that that's it (laughs) i mean you know we're fed this like bullshit line that like law enforcement is feeding our information into supercomputers 24-7 and it's like bro they don't even know how to use a fucking computer you know what I'm saying it's like and so like sure the NSA may be dumping huge amounts of our information for future reference for like if you're a terrorist you know but god forbid like you go commit a crime in Nassau County or Suffolk County or Staten Island or something like those guys trust me they're not you know logging in and checking you know they, they barely can understand like like excel yeah. you know what i'm saying it's like literally it's and that that but that's a, that starts at the top it's i mean you know let's you know the police officers that give their lives every day you know for our safety and things like that you know we have a lot of friends that are police officers that type of thing this is at the, and this and yeah this is at the top the the top level where they're not getting the support with the money and using it correctly to give these guys the education and tools Look, I, I don't want to throw law enforcement underneath the bus either. Yeah, this a little bit more. Uh, it's more of an indictment of the media. It's like the like I could go on any show right now, pull it up, and you'll see like that computer room where like you know some guys on a mic set, you know, is like enlarge fifty percent, you know, zoom in there and all that stuff. And like, like, and so it creates this false narrative that then you rebelieve. You know, law enforcement, they're you know underpaid. Well, maybe not Nassau, Suffolk County. Suffolk County is <laughs> second highest in the country. But, you know, uh, but, you know, definitely overworked. And But at the same time, like, you know, it's just they're just trying to stem the flow. You know, they're also just trying to solve cases. Look, by the way, our solve rates have gone down 30% across the country, you know, recently um, in the past, like, 30 years. Crime is lowering, but our solve rates have gone down, too. Yep. You know, we have stranger to stranger crime. You know, you're not going in the house and there's the wife dead on the floor and the husband holding the knife. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Not, there's no crimes of passion on happening like that. And you think about all the Jane Doe's involved in this case. We can't even identify. That's really messed up. And look, look, right? <clears throat> and look, I get it. Again, I get it. I understand it's difficult. But if you're saying that you are doing everything and, you know, to like – Think of how much money taxpayers are wasting on this case or have wasted on this case. Meanwhile, two people, mm-hmm. you know, re- two regular schmoes, you know, we're sitting here like going through the, okay, we're going through the database <laughs> and we're like, wait a second, why didn't they do this? Why isn't this information here? They didn't match this up. Wait, why is J no number six not in the database? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a second. J no number six has a tattoo <clears throat> that nobody knows about. How come the public doesn't know about you know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, somebody here is not like thoroughly investigating. And then the problem is, is that you have all these wacky, crazy conspiracy theories who are like, because they're not investigating, it's like, oh, police chief's the serial killer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. Conspiracy, you know? 
Josh, thanks so much for your time, man. I mean, this was awesome. I, I wish you guys a lot of success with the show. I think it's something that people need to see, obviously, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll be able to open up people's eyes here on Long Island and throughout the country. Um, Absolutely. Now, here's the thing, like Long Island, like this case can be solved. You know, chances are these, these if you are interested, go to WebSleuths. Go to all the sites. Look at the missing and unidentified on Long Island. Take a look at these pictures. Somehow, these women and this one guy are from the Long Island fringe area. East New York, uh, you know, Queens. Like, they're from around there. So, again, this case can be solved. And if you want to kind of join in the investigation, go on WebSleuths, register, and, uh, you know, you can, you can definitely find out more information. It's cool. It's interesting to kind of go in and be part of that investigation. And that's what the show attempts to do. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Rachel, for your time today. Thank you. We'll be in touch.